if you spend a lot of time in scripture and you're following along in your Bible throughout the sermon like you're supposed to, you should be able to spot this. This is often um, more than just taking scripture out of context. Um, A more intelligent man can explain scripture in such a way that it seems true. Um, That um, they'll explain it in a way that it conveys the meaning they want it to. In other words, they have an interpretation that is designed to manipulate first and context is usually tossed aside. So um, let me just kind of give you a scenario. Let's say you're very close with the preacher at your local church. Um, Maybe you've been going there a long time, a decade or more. Um, Maybe you're related somehow. Or maybe he's just taking a special liking to you. And one day you confide in your preacher that you've been offered a position at a church across town. And you're seriously considering it. You've been praying about it and and you've sought God's will and you think he's calling you to go there. Um, But much to your surprise, the preacher gets really upset that you would even consider this option. Um, And then suddenly all the sermons seem directed at you. Um, Let's say, for example, the preacher would bring out a verse uh, like 2 John Um, in verse 8, where it says, um, Look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whoever transgresseth against and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine... Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, for he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker in his evil deeds. And you know, you can say within this same sermon, he might go on to say that you should not be associating with people from other churches because their doctrine is not true. Only your church has the true doctrine. Um, but you go back and you read this verse, verses in context, And you decide that he's not applying these scriptures correctly. Um, So you decide to question him about it and let him know that you disagree. And this will lead to my next point. These people hate being questioned. Once they have presented something as truth, you better believe it. Now, at first, when you tell them you disagree... Um, they might try flattery first. It'll be something along the lines of, you know, you're a smart person. Um, I think if you'll just go back and study this, that you'll see I'm right. Um, But if you persist, you know, maybe you do go back or you don't. Maybe you stand your ground and you say, no, you're not right about this. You're taking this out of context. What happens next will likely depend on your relationship with the person and where you're at. You know, if you're having this conversation over the phone or it's just you and him, it will be different than if you're standing in the sanctuary talking about this after church. 
Um, so let's say that's the case. You know, you're standing there in the sanctuary after church and you're having this conversation. Um, the reaction will likely be either patronizing or demeaning to you spiritually and or intellectually. You know, it will be something like, that's fine, you're right, you just go ahead and believe that. Or it might be something like, I can see your heart just isn't open to the truth. Clearly the Holy Spirit is choosing not to reveal this to you. You know, you come back to me um, when you're in a better place spiritually. And they'll write you off that way and likely just walk away. Um, but I have heard of a church where the preacher, um, maybe the next Sunday, would even call people down from the pulpit by name in an effort to humiliate them. Now, on the other hand, if this, close, if this person is a close friend or a family member, and maybe you're having this conversation in a more private setting, either on the phone or one-on-one, -on -one, you will likely be met with anger or hostility. Um, they will begin to attack you personally. Um, because they know you well, maybe they'll start bringing up things about your past, your past sins and your, your shortcomings, your shortcomings as a wife or a husband or a parent or as a child. Um, maybe bringing up how poor decisions have affected the people you care about and that you'll likely repeat these mistakes. But what you have to remember when this happens is this is a move of dominance. Um, remember, this person wants to be in control. Um, so they want to maintain control of the situation. So they will do this um, as a way of causing self-doubt in you so that you can disqualify yourself in your own mind. Um, you know, if they can get you thinking about all the ways that you've screwed up, then they can cause you to doubt yourself about whether or not you're right about this. But you have to remember, this person does not really care about the truth. They care about winning. They care about getting what they want, about getting the reaction from you that they want. They care about staying in control. Now, in some cases, this person may believe in their own mind that this physical, or not physical, but this um, verbal and spiritual abuse is justified. Um, they can, in their mind, they control because they care. Um, they think that they know what is best, and if everyone would just do things their way, then everything would work out great. Um, but this actually brings me to my next warning sign. Um, this person, in an effort to protect um, or control you, they will also seek to isolate you physically and spiritually from other people. They will try to convince you that they are one of the few or maybe the only person who has the truth of scripture. And maybe they just see life in general clearer than other people, you know. They always know what's best. Like, they always know just a little bit more than everyone else. Um, and if you ever disagree with them, 
then you can just repeat the point I just went through. Um, they will convince you that only they and a select group of people are trustworthy. And this is something else. People like this are rarely an island. They usually have a group of others, um, a group comprised of other people he has under his control. Um, this group will usually encourage you to follow his direction and not question or undermine him or any in any way. You know, don't rock the boat. Don't make him upset. Um, you know, don't question him because he always knows what's best and what's right. Um, I've heard of some groups that even go so far as to, like, live in the same neighborhoods and they only recreate with each other. Like, um, you won't hardly see them recreating with people from other groups. This behavior is often justified by the misuse of 2 Corinthians 6.17, where it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And again, um, outside of this group, you will be groomed to believe that everyone else is not to be trusted. Anything they believe, anyone outside of the group, anything anyone outside of the group believes about the Bible or religion or even just life is not to be taken seriously or by heart. Only by bringing this outside person into the fold or group and under the wing of the preacher or teacher um, can you give any credence to their opinions or trust to their actions. Um, in other words, if this leader, preacher, teacher, if he doesn't sign off on this outside person, they're not trustworthy in any way. Um, you will be heavily discouraged from attending or visiting any other churches, even if they are of the same faith. And sometimes, if you do this anyway, you will be met with hostility, like I mentioned before, or you may even be ostracized by the teacher and the group. Ostracized um, can mean different things, um, kind of depending on the circumstance. This could involve um, the teacher in question just kind of giving you the cold shoulder, not really talking to you for a while. Um, this is sort of like a punishment or just sort of a you know, a shunning in the hopes that you'll learn your lesson and you'll come to your senses. Or, um, say you've really dug in your heels on a certain topic, or maybe you've even called this person out on their abusive behavior. The preacher or teacher may enlist other members of his select group to ostracize you as well, like I just mentioned. Um, and if it's in his power, he may even try to affect you financially or spread rumors and damage your reputation, um, you know, calling up people you know or other members of the group and um, saying things to damage your reputation or to sow, sow seeds of doubt. I know all this may sound far-fetched, but I promise you, that it happens more often than you would like to believe. I know people who have personally 
been on the receiving end of this abuse. And it's not unique either. This same cycle is used by parents and spouses who emotionally, spiritually, and or physically abuse their children and their spouses. And um, it is a cycle, and the cycle usually begins and kind of goes this way. Um, Overprotection in the name of love. You know, I'm I'm only doing these things because I care about you. Um, Then they'll gain power through isolation. Then they'll try to restrict your activities and contact with other people. And if you step out of line, they'll punish you through anger and or shaming. And then, um, you know, if you step back in line and kind of bow and scrape and, and, you know, go on, then they'll act like nothing has happened. And then it will be followed by an increase in love and kindness on their part. Now, these last two are often why people like this are never called out and why others stay near them. Those last two points of that they'll act like nothing has happened and then they'll increase the love and the kindness. <clears throat> um, this is a trick on our minds. Um, you know, how can someone be bad or mean us any ill will who claims to love us and show us kindness? You know, and, and they're acting like nothing's wrong. You know, I guess everything's okay. But what you have to remember is that this person's love is conditional. It's based on you behaving the way that they want. And it's also a debt that they'll call on if needed. Don't be surprised to hear the words of, you know, I can't believe you're doing this or you're saying these things after all I've done for you. You know, when things get heated, you might hear some phrases like that thrown out. And it's also why others will turn against you if you choose to take a stand. You know, other members of the select group, um, they'll tend to be more concerned about um, how you may be harming the abuser rather than how he has harmed you or how he's harmed them. You know, if you try to bring this to your attention, you know, they don't, the people of this group will not want you to do anything that might make uh, this leader, teacher, preacher look bad. You know, they want to protect him. Now, there's one more warning sign to look out for, and that is that people on the outside of this situation will tell you something's off. Um, Whether it's a friend you bring to church or just, you know, someone from work that you confide in, other people will be able to pick up on that something is off. And as I said at the beginning, um, these men or women are usually charming and likable. So it may actually um, take someone who has dealt with this before, been through a similar situation, um, you know, to notice. But eventually someone will notice. Even if they never lay eyes on the abuser themselves, they'll pick up on your symptoms because you can't continue living this way for an extended amount of time without it affecting you. Um, Some of the symptoms of emotional and spiritual abuse can include um, 
generalized anxiety, um, being mistrustful, depression, irritability, insomnia, um, feelings of hopelessness about the future, nightmares, panic attacks, chronic migraines, substance abuse, eating disorders, a lost sense of self or not knowing who you are, especially outside of you know, this group or away from this person. And you might have feelings of shame and worthlessness. These are not even all the symptoms, but I think you can get the idea. Now, if you've been listening to me speak today, and any of this sounds like things you've experienced, then it's time to seek counsel and remove yourself from this situation. If you don't have a friend or a family member um, that's a third party outside of this group or the situation um, that you can turn to for counsel, there are many organizations that can help you for free. Um, and if nothing else, if there's nowhere in your town that you can think of, um, Focus on the Family offers a one-time free consultation, and they'll also refer you to a counseling center near you where you can likely get help for free or very affordably. Um, there's a number to call for that, and that number is one eight five five seven seven one help or 1-855-771-4357. And those calls are completely confidential. And if you are uh, dealing with this, if you're in an abusive church or even an abusive relationship, I hope you will reach out to them today and not wait. And as always, before you do anything, pray, study, and seek God's will in everything you do. Thanks for listening.